Oh yeah, you could hear Chris Evans talk about it. I could, <laughs> and and Mackie. I said to them both, I said, uh, we're gonna fight. I'm not pulling punches. The worst you'll do is take shots there, but I'm gonna hit you. Yeah. And and I think that fight is one of the best fights in the Marvel universe because it's real. Yeah. Like, I was hitting. What is going down, everybody? Chat and pony with Paddy the Baddy. Once again, with yours truly. We're here in the studio, but we've got a, a very special guest today. But just before we get into that, obviously, I want to let you know it's not just on YouTube, people. We're also on Spotify, Apple Music. You know the score. Leave a comment, like it, give it five ratings, five stars, whatever you do. Let's get into acting. And then any new Baddy merch, I've told you before, it's on the Apex website. Get over there and get ordering. But today, I have one of Hollywood's finest. Introduce yourself, Frank. Let everyone know. Frank Grillo. Yeah, man. I'm the finest something. I don't know what that... <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is, but I am, uh, I'm here with you, man. I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> well, yeah, to be honest, obviously everyone knows you for being a, a Hollywood movie star, but I want to ask you first about your fitness, because you're always fit, aren't you? I read something that says you'd always maintain 5% body fat. I mean, I, I'm, I right now, because I just came back from Italy, uh, I'm probably about nine, <laughs> so I'm a bit of a fat. The pasta's good, um, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, you know, I train, I train with, with fighters still every day. I box every day. I do strength and conditioning with pros who are training for either high-level amateur fights or professional fights. Uh, I train with a guy named Justin Fortune, who is Manny Pacquiao's strength and conditioning coach, who I've trained with for, for many, many years. And I just live my life that way. I mean, you know, I'm in my 50s, you know, in my late 50s now. And, uh, you know, I, I still feel, I still, I still eat and and kind of live the way I did when I was 30 years old. And uh, it's, it's, I'll tell you, you're very young, but it pays dividends in the end. It really does. Like I see people who are, you know, 40 years old and they're struggling. And, uh, you know, they're like, I want to get, I want to be in shape like you when I'm your age. I go, bro, you're not in shape now. How are you going to get in shape like me when you're my age? <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle that I love. You know, and, uh, you know, I eat a lot of meat and I, I that's pretty much all I eat. Uh, and and that's it. I drink a lot of red wine. <laughs> the Jordan Peterson diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that. Well, he just picks water and eats. Yeah. Is it. So is that, is that like your general diet then? Like just mainly meat and then like obviously bits of carbs and stuff. You know, I eat, I eat a lot of fish. I eat a lot of fish and uh, a lot of great, uh, you know, sourced, uh, grass-fed, organic beef. Um, I, I eat a lot of nuts and avocados and eggs and uh, not very many. I don't eat grains or, you know, the, the diet, the typical diet, yeah. you know, the, the, the paleo keto kind of caveman uh, carnivore diet. You know, and, and, and by the way, it works for me. Like I was in Italy and I ate some pasta. I ate a lot of pasta and I, I loved it. It, it felt great going in, but man, was I, I, I was hurting. I'm still hurting. Um, so it's just not good. It's not good for me. Yeah. I know you love to, I don't know how you do it, man. I mean, when you're fighting, you are completely shredded. And then you love to go out and, <laughs> and put it on. I love me food, lad. I love me food more than anything. Like... I'm picking, I'm picking food over sex. Know what I mean? All day. Get, get me that, get really? me that chocolate. No. <laughs> really? I reckon, I reckon I am not. Know what I mean? Definitely. You're crazy. <laughs> I think I am. Maybe seriously. you need to have sex with different people. Lad, I'm, I'm with my fiance. Lad, I've been with her for eleven years now. Know what I mean? <laughs> That's great. 
But uh, as I, I read a brilliant, a brilliant, yes. I read a brilliant quote of yours that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you said if you weren't boxing every day, you'd be dead or in jail. Yeah. Like without a doubt, without a doubt. You know whether it was I was a wrestler and then got into jujitsu with Hicks and Gracie before you were born, and uh, and uh, always boxed and without without martial arts and without without fighting uh and being in the gym environment i i would definitely be dead i you know i i would have my you know from where i came from it, it would have been a different path for me not a good path and uh you know my son my son who's now 25 years old he's been boxing since he's nine years old he's a disciplined uh you know stud my other two guys have have been in the gym a lot and it's the same thing it's like i keep them in that environment, you know, that mentality, you know, I mean, listen, you're at the top, you're an elite fighter. And I'm sure, you know, coming where you're from without that, you don't know where you would have been. Yeah. I'm sure. No, I do. I say that a lot, to be honest, Frank. I say, if I never walked into that gym when I was 15 years of age, I don't know where I'd be now. You know what I mean? I probably would have been getting up to no right. good, as you said, and I might have been behind bars myself. Yeah. And he, listen, even in my acting career, which is in the last 10 or 15 years, lean towards action. And I use everything that I've I've been doing my whole life, you know, with martial arts and stuff. Now I incorporate it in, into movies and stuff. And it's it's if it's a dream come true. Um, and it's made me a better actor, like being a disciplined martial artist and, and, you know, a gym rat has made me so disciplined when it comes to everything else I do. Do you think like your experience doing bits of boxing and bits of jujitsu and stuff like that has helped your acting career? I do. I, I you know, I'm I'm also a dude, and it's you know, as you know, you know, I don't walk around afraid of people. You know, there's no so so then I don't have to I don't have to act like an asshole. Like I, I you know because. I can be happy because I'm not afraid, you know, and this is what I try to instill in my, in my three sons is, you know, I think people who are afraid are dangerous. And, uh, and so not having that fear and having a confidence, just an all around confidence, the way you carry yourself absolutely has helped my career. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I encourage everyone, I encourage everyone to train. Like when I hear people talk about, whether they're depressed, and I've lost several people in the last 18 months to suicide. Um, whether they're depressed or whether they're out of shape, whether they're sad, whether they're just not successful. My first thing I tell people, go to the gym. Go train. Go get your body moving. Go get the blood flowing. You know, I did a movie called Warrior. There was a great line in the movie that I say, and it's move or die. Move or die. And I believe that. I believe that's kind of my mantra in life is move or die. Yeah, I, I'm the same, to be honest. I have a couple of people I know, it's been bad in my city over the past year, 18 months, people committing suicide. But I always say to people, go and train. Like even if you just punch a punch bag or you get on the mat and do some jujitsu or a bit of wrestling, while you're on the mat or it in the punch bag, nothing else in the world matters. Every single, like every nope. problem you have is gone because you've got to worry about punching something or not getting yeah. choked or trying to take someone down and people when they actually get into training they realize that yeah because what it does is you know anything repetitive or anything what 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 is like jujitsu a chess match um it's it's really one of the only times that your mind is focused on the now and it's in the moment and that's what you need to be healthy. Most most people have anxiety because they're looking into the future and they can't control that and it creates anxiety. And many times people go into the catastrophic, you know, they, they don't have enough money today so they imagine, you know, next year I'm going to lose my house, right? So they go to the catastrophic future, they create a shit ton of anxiety for no reason whatsoever because it's it hasn't happened yet. And, and what training does, I always say, and I say it to my kids, is it keeps you in the moment. And if you can stay in the moment, you're living your life, right? You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. And, uh, 
you know, people think, oh, fighting is brutal and brutish and fighters. It's why I love fighters. It's why I did the show Fight World. I want to know why, what makes people get in a cage or on a mat or in the sand or wherever it is that they fight. What makes it, what's inside of us that makes us do that? And there's a through line, man. And, and it's why I love fighters. And fighters to me are the most intelligent people. They, re- they really are. They're the most intelligent, compassionate. They're the most nuanced and, and, uh, and, 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 and uh, honestly, I think fighters are usually the most peaceful people that I know yeah. outside of what they do. Now, to see you, when I see you get in that cage, you're an entire, you're an animal. You're a different person. And then I see you get interviewed and I'm like, there he is. <laughs> there, there, you know, that's what you do. Yeah. Right. And it, it's hard to, it's hard to figure it out. If a person isn't a fighter and doesn't understand, it's like, who, like, that's what makes you so interesting is you are, I hear you talk about the struggles. I've heard you on interviews inside the cage talk about having lost somebody or the struggles of mental illness. And, and, and that's who you are. That's, that's what makes you fuck, you know, a beautiful person. And that's what I try to do. Same thing is, is, is have that, that balance. Yeah. Like what, going back to what you said there before about like, um, an, a person who's like, I compare that to like a wounded animal. No, do you say someone who's like angry and like they can't fight. I compare that to like a wounded animal. I always say to me friends, I was like, lad, go and do right. a bit of boxing because 95% of people can't throw a punch. So you, if you're one of them 5%, you're confident anywhere you are. You don't have to be worried, oh, he might do this, he might do that, because you know you can throw a punch. Like, And that's the difference between fighters and non-fighters. Non-fighters try and act tough and be like, oh, I, I am a tough guy, where we know we can have a fight, so we don't care what people think or what people say. Right, that's exactly... Brother, I mean, you are a professional fighter. You're, you're a professional athlete at the height of his career, at the height of... You are at the top of the food chain. Right. You're around tough guys. You're tough guys. You're all tough guys. I'm in Hollywood. I live in a place where everybody thinks they're a fucking tough guy and nobody's been chin checked. Nobody's taken a fucking punch to the face. What I tell people is go get hit in the fucking face. Go take a shot. So you understand when you mouth off, that's what it's going to fucking feel like, because I'm in a place where you don't you can't believe how many how many guys think they're badasses. They go, they take, they take a boxer size class, and then they tell people they're boxers. That's what Hollywood is. It's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. I say, come to the gym, man. To the gym. <laughs> no, I think people think getting punched in the face is a lot worse than it is. I always say to people, like, I, I enjoy I, getting punched in the face and punching someone back in the face. Like, it's it not. People think, oh, me, me, me face is going to break. It's not. Your skull's very, very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get punched in the Jake. liver. I don't mind getting punched in That's the face. That's it. I'd rather get punched in the face than in the body. I always say that all day. My skull's pretty hard. I've got soft tissue down there. I don't want to get it there. I know. I know, man. So, uh, so yeah. So, so, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting duality, my life, because, you know, uh, you know, I can tell when, when somebody's never been in a fight, I, you know, they, maybe they got the big muscles and, you know, they look, they look and I, and I look at their hands. I look at the way they stand and I go, wow, this guy's never thrown a punch or he's never thrown a good punch. Yeah. You know, he, I, he probably know where to stand, you know, I could probably push him over, you know, or they, you know, most people haven't grappled. I mean, they get on the ground and they panic. You know, now I wrestled from when I was a baby, six years old. I, I wrestled my whole life and got into jujitsu in 1990 90. with Hicks and Gracie before you 1990 before UFC won. Before I was even born. So one of my wrestlers before you were born, you <laughs> fuck. Um, and, and I trained six hours a day with Hicks and Gracie in his house in the Pacific Palisades. Nobody knew what jujitsu was. And I was obsessed with, it, obsessed with it. And then the UFC came, and they asked Hickson to be in the UFC. And then they said, "No, we're going to give you this guy." And it was Hoist. 
So, so he, he would train at our, at our academy and, uh, and that's how my jujitsu started. And, and it was crazy that the UFC then started to become this thing and jujitsu kind of ruled the whole thing. Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. So great, man. And now I see how it's evolved and it's just, it's, it's crazy. So obviously in 1990, how did you first hear about jujitsu? Because like, Obviously, I, I, I heard about jiu-jitsu because of, of the UFC. So back then, the UFC wasn't even invented. Right. Jiu-jitsu, I never even knew what jiu-jitsu. My buddy Ted, who he went to, uh, he wrestled in Oklahoma. He called me, he goes, Grillo, man, you got to come down. There's this guy, Hickson Gracie, and his family br- uh, brought over jiu-jitsu. I go, jiu-jitsu, like Japanese jiu-jitsu? They go, no. He goes, no, it's grappling. These guys are good wrestlers. And so we were wrestlers, and I said, I'm going to come check it out. And I I went the first day, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I was rolling with these Brazilian dudes, this guy Limon, who I think is in Hawaii now. They're still around, these black belts and brown belts, barely spoke English, right off the boat from Brazil. I started rolling with them immediately. I was having lunch with them every day. I was going back at night. I was married at the time, and my my ex-wife was like, where where are you going? She there, thought you were cheating I'm like, on her. I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> well, fortunately, we only trained with gi because nobody mo- nobody rolled without yeah. gi back then. So, I fortunately, I came home with dirty gi every night. So I was like, "See." <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you come home with a few uh, it was a crazy. few neck marks off gi chokes and stuff. And she was like, "What's that?" Oh, my ear, brother! I had to. I was always a stickler about my ears. They're hard, but they're not. They, I don't have cauliflower ear. They're just calcified. Every night, I was sticking needles in my ears and draining yeah. my ears every single night. It was painful, man. It was painful. But I, I was, you know, I was struggling actor too. I couldn't, I couldn't have, you know, monkey ears. And uh, and I was always my eyes. I, you know, I was my eyes were fucked it was crazy I loved it I was obsessed with jujitsu yeah as you say there about the cauliflower ears I'm I'm pretty lucky I haven't got them don't have them you no, don't I've, huh? I've got a little bit of calcified in the middle here and but that was off in an yeah. MMA fight yeah. going for a heel hook and getting hammer fisted on my ear repeatedly uh, so that's off getting punched then I haven't got yeah. collies off grappling but I've, I've been there in the gym when some of the lads have had like 18 needles pulled out of blood, just pulled out of the ear. I know. I know. It's it's horrible. And then you got the guys who just wear it as a badge of honor. And I'm like, that's ugly. <laughs> I can't do that. I've got a... <laughs> I'm too vain. I've got a friend. Well, I say a friend in the gym. He's my former teammate. He's now one of my coaches, Adam Ventry. And literally, Ellis, another one of my coaches, now former teammate, who's a, an hour coach. Years ago, we put the needle in his ear. And it come out the other side. <laughs> it, it fully come out the other side, and we just pulled it out and went, "Yeah, we'll wait for we'll wait for Paul to come in and do this." Who's our head coach? Because <laughs> of that, he's got a little bum hole in his ear now. So there's one little part of his ear what's like got a little hole in, it's like a little bum hole in his ear. I'm glad I haven't got right. collies. <laughs> well, I'm. I've had friends. I've had friends who have tried to get them fixed, and you know, you, you, because as you get older, it's not. It doesn't. When you're young, it's okay. When as you get older, it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, but you're a brown belt now, so you've got real good. Know what I mean? You're only one belt I mean, off black. You know. Well, and and even my brown belt, like you know, I haven't trained jujitsu hard in a long, long time. Uh, you know, only because I'm always working and. It, and and I watch guys. I watch jujitsu now and how it's evolved. And one of my best friends is is Hegan Machado, and I'm great friends with his brother Jean Jacques and Hozier. And I'm you know I can train whenever I want at the highest level, but I'm I'm usually working, and I can't afford to get too kind of fucked up. Um, and but I'm, I watch these guys. I watch the purple and the brown belts go, and I'm like, wow such an evolution of jujitsu. There's so, you know, the Gracie's when I was training for the 12 years I trained with the Hickson, uh, it was really traditional. Yeah. Patty. I mean, it was traditional. You did it one way and one way only, and you did it over and over again. And that's it. You did not, you did not go, you, you know, you didn't go inventing anything. 
which I think is cool now. Like I have so many friends that are, they're constantly, you know, evolving their jujitsu. It's, it's really wild. Yeah. You're right there. Nowadays, the jujitsu scene is just, it's on a whole new level. Like personally for me, I know the Gracie starts everything, but now Gordon Ryan has just took everything to a new level. He's ridiculous. I mean, there's not even, there's not even a close second to this. I mean, he's beating up the most amazing Brazilians. Like he's, like they're nothing. I, I, I this guy blows my mind. It's a freak. He's he is. A freak. He's phenomenal, and he's only been saying him for about ten, eleven, twelve years, something like that. That's what's crazy about it. It's not, you know, I, he, we follow each other on on uh, on Instagram, and I, you know, we talk uh, now and then, and. I'm just, you know, I, I, I can't believe he's only 27 or 28 years old. Yeah, he's about the same age as me, and he, he looks about 10 years older than me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you have, you I know. Have, you look like you're fucking 19. Yeah, you have something different in your food over there, definitely. You know what I mean? You Americans, you're just built different to us, built completely different. Uh. No, he's a listen. I'm Italian. My my father's from my parents are from Italy. I'm an Italian. I'm a European. Yeah. I'm a little, you know, brown. No, I'm five ten. I'm tiny. Um, uh, he's like six three, and he's like two hundred and forty five, fifty pounds, and he's shredded. Shredded. He's though. a beast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, where we talk, we anyway. spoke about jujitsu. There, obviously, you you was doing jujitsu when the UFC first started, so. What what's it like now looking at the current UFC compared to back then? You know, I can honestly say that watching what the UFC has turned into, I think Dana White is, you know, I you know, he's he's controversial. But he's uh, the man. I think he's a genius. I he is the man. He is for my money, you know, people talk about Bill Gates and Elon Musk. I, I think you got to mention Dana White in that conversation because what he has done in creating the UFC, what the UFC, I mean, UFC is ubiquitous with MMA, yeah. right? I mean, that's, it's, it's, um, that's, it's, that's it. And, and the way he kept it going during COVID and, and, uh, um, you know, I, I know that the, the, the Fertitta brothers wanted to collapse the, Ten times they wanted to shut it down, and he kept that thing alive. This guy had a vision. He saw something that no one else saw. And, and what he maintains now, I, I just – I'm amazed by Dana White. I just think, uh, you know – and when I was doing the show Kingdom, uh, Dana Dana loved it. And he came down to the set, and he did his podcast from, from the set of Kingdom. And we got to spend a little time together. And, uh, you know, I, it's amazing that he only has 24 hours in a day because what that guy gets accomplished is amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So hats Dana and And uh, without, without that one guy, there is no – imagine this. Without Dana White, there's never any such thing as the UFC. I don't know what I'd be doing right now. I don't, Patty, I don't know what you'd be doing. I have no idea what I'd be doing right now, to be honest. Like, I love the comparison when people say Dana's like Vince McMahon because Vince built the WWE up on his own back. Know what I mean? Dana's done the same at the UFC. He's yep. built the whole yep. organization up on his own back. It's ho- it's ho- it's the, the, it, listen, he all by himself in his vision. I mean, he's got people around him to help him execute what he wants to execute but you know like a fighter you could have the best team the best coaches the best striking coach the best grappling coach but without you without the with the, with the, the fighter is the guy who's gonna who's gonna make it or break it right yeah and that's dana like he's a fighter and and you know he had a lot of people around him to help him but you know this thing still breeds today because that guy uh you know and I love him. I love his con- – he's controversial. He's a thug. You know, he's a bit of a gangster. <laughs> he tells it how it is. That's why I like him. He doesn't beat around the bush. He just gets straight to the point and says it how it is. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a brilliant guy. So – So, you not- I love his answer. You know what I love, Patty? I love when people, you know, complaining about the fighters don't get enough money and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and perhaps that's true, I, you know – I'm not a fighter. I don't, you know, that, that's, that's not for me to say. Um, it'd be great if everybody could make more money in the world. But, but I love what he says. He goes, really? 
I don't pay my fighters enough. Why don't you start a fucking fight league and then you tell you go pay the fighters? I've heard them say want. that one. And you know it's like, yeah, he's just a thug. He's like you know. <laughs> so obviously you've you've seen the UFC from the get go. Do you have any like favorite fighters over the years? I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna say Hoist immediately. You know, no, I love Hoist for what he. You know, Hoist kind of beat the odds. He's he's. You know, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, he's not the most talented. And he proved that jujitsu was a superior martial art. He just did. He, he, you know, and then everybody learned jujitsu. And then everybody learned a style. You know, MMA has become a style in itself. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? But when it was true mixed martial art, you had jujitsu against all of the other arts. Jiu-jitsu prevailed. You know, he proved that what the Gracies had been saying was true. Like, doesn't matter how big or how strong you are. If you if you know jujitsu, you're probably going to win, and and he did for a while. Yeah, and uh, so I, I I thought I think that's amazing. But I've had many, I've had many uh, favorites. One of my favorites, only because he was so he was so strong and dominating, was Matt Hughes back in the day. Yeah, and uh, I brought Matt Hughes onto my show Kingdom because. On the show, I had a fight. Uh, at my character comes out of retirement, and I picked Matt. Matt came out, and we and we got to fight. I got to fight him and feel his strength, and we had a ball. We had such a good time. We became such good friends. Um, but I love the old guys, man. I'm friends with Randy Couture, and you know, I I, I love uh, Chuck. I love all the original guys. I think they they you, you know, and and I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass, but I'm going to tell you, you're really smart because. You understand that this is the fight game is also entertainment, and and you've ro- risen above uh, many of the fighters, ninety five percent of them, because you've become a personality. You know, much like the Conor McGregor's, much like much like Randy Couture, these guys also understood it was you. You know, you got to sell tickets, and uh, you got to use your personality along with your skills. It's like a combination of the two. So that's, you know, that that's why you've become so popular. You're you are. I I love I love uh, listening to you, man. I love watching you in the cage. You're out of your mind <laughs> in the best of ways. <laughs> I'm just me, lad. I mean, I, so um, I don't try and change myself for no one. Frank. No, you're smart, man. You're smart. And, and, and listen, you want to also understand that there's life after fighting. Now, you've got a ways to go, but you, you're, you know, like McGregor, like guys like this, and, and again, controversial, like him, hate him, doesn't have to be the greatest. He's not the best fighter in the world, but he, he, he people like, like want to watch him. They want to hear him. It's the same thing. You have the same thing going on. It's what made Mike Tyson so interesting. Mike Tyson could lose five out of five fights. I'm still going to watch yeah. him. I'm still going to watch him. I'm still going to listen to him. I'm still going to watch him. Um, so, so yeah. That, so, that's why, actually, you know, I've been a huge fan. And that's why when they said you were you were doing the podcast and what I'd be interested in, I said, I couldn't say yes fast enough, man. I'm, I love this guy. So. <laughs> Thank you very much, Frank. I love that. But what I am going to have to ask you is, you wrestled since you were six. You're a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and you box all the time. So, how did you think you get on in the octagon? Um, <laughs> well, now I think now with the level of athlete that I'm seeing, uh, you know, it would be troublesome uh, if I was in my prime. But I think back in the day, you know, I used to roll around and, and go at it with a lot. And a lot of guys weren't good strikers. I mean, they did not know how to throw a punch. Yeah. Nobody. And they were just relying on their martial arts. So it was a little different then. I think I could have done well. I think I could have done okay. But uh, I wouldn't dare. I, I wouldn't dare uh, get into a, a cage with anybody uh, that I watch now. I, I watch the level of, of just pure athleticism is, to me, mind-boggling. I'm so impressed with uh, all the fighters. All of, even, even guys that you know are not elite uh, are just so impressive to me. People don't understand what it takes to do to get to be a fighter. To get into if you're in the UFC, if you have got a contract and Dana White has signed you into the UFC, you're a special fighter. Yeah. 
you know, you, doesn't mean you're going to be a champ, but you're a special. Fighter. Yeah, I always say, That's I always I say that to people because people have said it to me before. Oh, you're only fighting bums, you're fighting cans, and I'm like, add people in the UFC. It's like zero, it's like zero point zero one percent of people on the planet, and we're the best at what we do. We're the most athletic. That's I don't right. care what anyone says about all the other sports. I think we're the most athletic out of them all. The, the training we have to do, what we oh. put our body through, it's just, it's ridiculous. And the mental capacity that you have got to have. You know, I used to train, I'm good friends with Greg Jackson, and and I, I, I've been to his, his uh, to New Mexico. I've trained uh, there a bunch, and I used to be really, and he had at one time 28 champions in his gym. And at the end of their training session, they would do a circle, a circle of, of like trust. And it was all about mental. It was all about getting these guys' heads straight. And I would talk to Greg about it. And he would say, you know, the one, the one thing that other sports, unlike the fight, unlike MMA or, or, or any one-on-one -on -one fight sport is, you have no one else. You have got to have the mental capacity to want to run away and still stand there. And, no, you know, to understand what that means, to understand what it means to be exhausted to the point where you don't believe you're going to pick your arms up anymore or you can't protect. And then you start fighting again like that. That that goes against human nature. That isn't what we're meant to do. We're, we're fight or flight. Right. And, and so when we're tired, we're running. So to be a professional athlete in that cage, people need to understand what it, the mental capacity it takes. And, and most people don't understand it. That exact example you've just used, Frank, has happened to me. I Years ago, I broke my hand and got surgery like three months before a fight. I shouldn't have fought, but I fought anyway. Went, went into the right. fight. I, couldn't, I had to stand southpaw in the fight because my hand was that bad. So my right hand and um, first round of the fight, I end up on his back. I have a fully cinched three and naked choking, but I had my right ha hand underneath what didn't have enough strength. So I squeezed for about three wow. minutes and I couldn't put him asleep. At the end of the first round, I went and sat in the corner. This is a five-round fight, by the way, Frank. I went and sat in the corner and went, I can't feel my arms. Like, uh, And I had to fight another four rounds. I ended up losing on decision, but I never got finished, you know what I mean? I went another four rounds with no arms, basically. And right. I broke my hand again in the second round. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that's not normal. <laughs> That's, you know, that's that, that like, like 99.99% of the male population has no idea what that is. They, they have no idea. You know, I, I watch guys in the gym who are just like hitting the bag and they think they're real and they get a little bit out of breath and I'll see them walk away from the bag. Right. I always notice this and I'm like, wow, imagine that. Imagine you have no, imagine, and in a fight, now you have adrenaline, you have all kinds of stuff going on. Imagine if you let the first thing that becomes uncomfortable in your brain and your, and your body move you away. You're dead. You're, it's over. You're finished. Yeah. Right? So the thing about now that I'm tired, now I got to learn to fight like this. Right? And I love to train that way too. I love to get myself exhausted and then get in the ring. And then go and train because I want to, I want to push it's still to this day, even in my fifties, I want to see how far I can go before I can just not go anymore. Uh, you know, I'm never going to, I don't want to walk away from anything. So I love watching Mexicans. I, when I was in Mexico city with, um, uh, Nacho Berstein, I was in his gym, the great Nacho Berstein. And I watched these Mexicans fight uh, Patty. I watched these guys box these kids. They do not back up. When I went to Thailand and I was training with Borkao, one of the great Muay Thai fighters, these guys do not take a step back. <laughs> it was like, it's amazing. And that's a fighter's, that's a real fighter's mentality to me. And I love to take that mentality and bring it into my business. Yeah. Well, where I asked you there, would you fight in, would you yeah. fight in the UFC? How do you think you'd get on? Would you ever consider like a celebrity boxing match? I don't think anyone would fight you though, Frank, because you know the experience you've got. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I would, if a celebrity, if it was for the right call, you know, if it was to raise money for something 
specifically, I, I got to tell you because the mental health thing is is haunting me because I, I lost I lost three people in eighteen months. Three people so close to me. One is 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 biologically my 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 cousin, but we grew up as brothers, and he recently. Uh, he succumbed to suicide about two week, three weeks ago now. Um, and and uh, if I could find the right uh, thing to do to raise a bunch of money for mental health, mental uh, health awareness, I absolutely would do it, you know, um, because I'm in shape. I, I, you know, I can box pretty well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's set it up, yeah. Patty. I'll be the special guest referee like in the WWE years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> we just need to get you an opponent now. <laughs> but uh, the way we were talking about your diet before as well, and you mentioned to me, as you know, I love I love me food. What what's your go to on your cheat day then? Uh, you know, uh, uh, it's nothing exotic. It's it's pizza, man. I love pizza, and uh, in fact, I'm a partner. I own a pizza parlor. Yeah. So if you're ever in L.A., you got free pizza for life, brother. Uh, it's called Village Pizza, and it's in Larchmont Village, which is just uh, outside of Hollywood. And uh, I, I just – pizza is, my, is my, my favorite food every day, all day. Well, I will be there. In, in 2023, you will see me in this pizza shop, and I'll eat about four pizzas just for you, Frank. You have his – hey, it's, it's – uh, you, you're uh, – <laughs> You're part of the family. You get to eat for nothing. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Thank you. But obviously, we've spoke a lot about MMA and stuff like that. Let's get back onto your film career because I'm a bit of a movie buff myself. I love films. I've always watched films. My dad got me watching films from when I was a proper young kid. But you've got a new film coming out, haven't you? The Lamborghini one. Yeah, um, which is a departure for me because I don't kill anybody. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a good film. It, it tells the story of, of another, you know, you talk about Dana White, another guy who was just driven to be the best and to create this car and this car company. Uh, very successful dude. And, you know, it's about it's about the sacrifices, as we all know, the sacrifices that are necessary to be made if you want to be great. You know, it, it you know, it. Something's got to give like you want to be a world champion fighter. You want to be a, you know, a high level actor. You're not something is going to give. You can't always be the ultimate husband and the ultimate father. You're going to have to sacrifice time with those people. And uh, sometimes sometimes it's too much time. But uh, did I? No, no, you're there, Frank. You're there. All good. Okay, can't see you somehow. We're back. There, I don't see you. I can hear you, yeah. though. I can see, nope, I can I see, see and hear you, it's Frank. Okay. You, okay. So, so, yeah. So, ultimately, it's the story of Lamborghini based on his son uh, Tonino's book. And uh, it was fun to do. And uh, I'm really proud of it. And it's a big departure for me. And, and uh, uh, you know, hopefully it's, it's, uh, it's going to allow me to do a little bit uh, more dramatic stuff and, and I don't necessarily have to save the world or kill the world or um, but I'm excited about it it's it's a good film well, I sort of definitely need to ask you what's it like having to put an accent on for a full film because I, I don't know if I'd be able to do that you know yeah it, it was it wasn't that hard because I grew up in a household where my grandparents didn't speak English my father spoke broken English so, you know, it, it, it came, I had a, I had a dialect coach right next to me the whole time, but, uh, it came back to me pretty, pretty easy. Cause I, listen, I'm an Italian, I'm European, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm first generation American. So I identify more with my Italian. I mean, I'm an American, but uh, as far as my culture, I identify more with my Italian heritage. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, n- nobody in my family fought for the United States in a war. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I always think of like the Sopranos and Goodfellas and stuff like that when I think of that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, get the meatballs, all that. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's my life. <laughs> and, you know, 
growing up, growing up in Italian New York family, you know, everybody fucking yelled at each other. Like, you know, it was like, you know, if you wanted the salt, if you wanted the salt, it's like, you know, give me the fucking salt. Like, you know, and then it's like, you know, I love you. It's like, and so I grew up thinking that was okay. And then kind of like, I started, like I got married and, and then, you know, I would talk to my wife like that and she'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I've had to learn how not to be so Italian. <laughs> So, so and calm myself. Yeah. Well, that's a, that sounds like scouse to be honest, because a lot of people think we're being aggressive when we're talking, when that's just the way we talk. You know what I mean? It just comes out that way. Right. Right. <laughs> no, everybody thinks I'm aggressive and intense. I'm like, no, I'm just fucking Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. Like, you have got some work ethic, though. Like, all the training you do, as I say, trying to keep your body fat that low, and then all the films and stuff. Like, I understand, as you said before as well, you can't really be doing jiu-jitsu all the time around filming because you can easily yeah. get a knee to the eye and you can't do a scene the next day because you've got a big shiner. Yeah. Or, or you know, I do a lot of my... I do mostly my own stunts, right? I do all my own fighting in movies and stuff. And if I, if I hurt my hand or if I hurt my knee, I got a bad left knee, if I tweak my knee or I tweak my back, I can't work. I can't... I can't do, I can't execute at the level that I want to execute on the film. So I got to, I got to choose my training wisely, um, you know, so that, so that I can, you know, I can go make a living. So you do all your own stunts as well, Frank. Yeah. That's brilliant. Pretty, I, I have a, I have a stunt man. His name is Greg Fitzpatrick. We've known each other 30 years. He trains in the gym with me. He looks like me. So we, we, we kind of, the the stuff that where he needs to fall like if it's a 30 foot drop and he'll do that stuff if it's crazy car driving where there's he'll do that stuff but when it comes to all the fighting and all the stuff that that you know is is uh entails in in creating the fights him and i we do you know we do it together we figure out what the movement is the dance and then i do everything on screen myself so now i've got to ask you no one is done that fight scene on Captain America in the lift someone defo someone yeah. defo got it in the face by accident there didn't he that was too small of an area that oh oh yeah you could hear Chris Evans talk about <laughs> it I've heard and, and Mackie uh, oh yeah I, I I said to them both I said uh, we're gonna fight I, I'm not I'm not pulling punches so keep your hands up I'm gonna the worst you'll do is take shots there but I'm going to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think that fight is one of the best fights in the Marvel universe because it's yeah. real. Like, I was hitting Chris. Yeah, we were black and blue. It was fantastic. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> a thrill, like, you know. So, like, what what would you say is, like, the fav- your favorite film that you've been in? Oh. My favorite film, you know, there are different favorite films uh, for different reasons, but... I loved Warrior because it was ahead of its time. It told about MMA long before it was popular. Yeah. Um, but but I, I loved doing The Grey with Liam Neeson. That was a great one. I loved Captain America. I, you know, I recently did a movie called Boss Level with my buddy Joe Carnahan, who's a partner. And uh, it was so much fun and so much action. And uh, I just loved the story. And my son was in it. And uh, I really, you know, that was kind of, that's kind of become my favorite thing that I've done. I've, I did so many stunts and so much fighting, and it was kind of the pinnacle of everything I had been working towards. And it was my movie, so uh, yeah, Boss Level was a great one. But you know, they they all all the like I've made some stinkers, man. Like I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've taken some movies just for the big paycheck, yeah. you know, and they and I knew they were going to be bad, and they were bad. And uh, probably hurt me a little bit, but you got to pay for, you know, I got kids I got to take care of. Yeah. So there were, there, there've been a couple of stinkers <laughs> too. Um, but, but you know, Patty, it's like, it's like you said, you know, I do something that 99.95% of the population doesn't do. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I become an actor making movies and you know, every time I'm on set, I'm like a fucking little kid. I'm like, <laughs> Wow, man! I can't believe I'm doing this. I still, I still see everything like through a child's eyes. 
which keeps it fun for yeah. me, man. I'm like, every time I get, I'm on a movie set, I'm excited. I'm sure you're the same way. Every time you, you, you step in that cage, it's like, it's special. Yeah. It's fucking special, man. It's an adrenaline rush yeah. like no other. No one else will understand. I always say, like, getting my hand raised in the cage, the only thing I can possibly compare to it, and I haven't had this feeling yet, is watching me fiancé give birth, having children. That's like the only thing I could possibly compare to it, yeah. the euphoria, what you get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're different. I have three kids, and, and the thing about being a father is when the kid first comes out, you're, it's not like you're the mother, you've been carrying it. Like, you see it, but it takes a minute to connect, right? It takes maybe sometimes a month or two months to really understand. It doesn't just come out and you're like, ah, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't, it really doesn't, man, because you're like, you know, you're the fucking hunter and the gatherer. You, you got to protect the, the yeah. den and you got to, I got to see if this is going to live. And it's like, it's a weird, you, you're, you're overwhelmed with joy, but that connection, that immediate connection for fathers many times takes a second. Whereas when your hand is raised and you've just beat the shit out of the guy <laughs> and, and, and you got, and you wrap around your fucking waist, I mean, I mean, that's kind of it, man. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Like you're on a high for a while, but as you say, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of yeah. lows. Cause no one, like no one, ever understand. Like that's I've right. been there when I've lost. I've, as you say, I've struggled with my mental health before. When I've lost, I've been bad, bad anxiety, depressed, embarrassed, feeling like I've let people down. Like the sport we do, it really is the highest yeah. of highs and the lowest of lows, and people don't see that; they just see the fight. Yeah, and th and they think that's it, and they then they base. And I get angry about this because uh, I always have fight nights here and I have a different crowd every time. And, you know, I, I, I listen to people say something negative and I go, I go, shut the fuck up. Do you understand what it takes? This is this is just this is just a result of of a lifetime and specifically 12 weeks of cutting weight of in the gym all day, all night. I mean, you you have no idea what it takes just to get there. I mean, just to step into that thing, forget about the fight, just to get there, you know, and that's why, I, you know, I, 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 I'm so, I have such a deep, deep rooted respect for fighters, male and female, uh, in a way that, that I, I, I don't have, uh, for, for many other things, because I, I think to be a fighter is probably the most difficult as an occupation the difficult thing, most difficult thing you could do. I, I really, I don't see anything harder than that. It is, I know what you mean. It is tough. Like, but I can compare that to your job, Frank, as you say. Like, you film for months and months. You have to put hard work into that. And people just see the finished article and think, oh. And, like, that's probably pissed you off in the past where movies have been panned and stuff. And you're oh. just like, I put time and effort oh, into that. Oh, they shit on you. Yeah, they shit on you. Exactly. Yep. They shit on you and, and they sit behind the computer and you're right. It's like, you know, somebody, somebody had to write that script and, and then, you know, 200 people together to make a movie and, and all the stuff that it entails. And, and, and then not only do they pan the movie, they say really negative things about me say, and, and I'm like, wow, man, this is a guy who's never done what I've done. They've never done that. Like they've never been in front of a camera and put a movie together and they, you know, they sit there and they, and they get personal, they get personal sometimes. And, uh, you know, you got to smile and wave because if you let those, you know, fucking critics who are hardly ever right, if you let them in, man, then, you know, we, you're defeated. It's, it's yeah. over. Um, so, so I let it roll off my back. I never forget who says things about me personally. I never forget. And then when I see them the next time, I remind them in a really nice way what they said about me. And it's amazing how they just swallow their words and they're kind of, they cower. Because as you said, Patty, 99.95% .95 of the population has never thrown a punch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do the same as that with MMA journalists, though. I know what you mean there, Frank. Some of them will ask me a question and I'll just blank them because I know that they've slated me a couple of months back. But, you know, they have to just get on with it. Yep. We touched on Captain America yep. before, but what's it like being in the Marvel Universe? Like, that must be crazy, that, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, e- even for me, like playing Crossbones, which you know he's only in the movies a little bit, and but I've done three three movies now for Marvel, and uh, you know, it's a life, it's a game changer. Even if you're a secondary character, it's a game changer, and uh, it's a giant, huge family, man. And when you're part of the Marvel universe, it's a global phenomenon. Like it, it you know, people re- mostly come up to me. Nowadays, it's for a lot of things, but the younger people, it's like Marvel. It's all about Marvel. And uh, I'm, you know, again, there's a guy who runs Marvel. His name is Kevin Feige, and he's the genius behind it all. It's one guy who had a vision. Like he was a comic book nerd when he was a kid, and he took over Marvel. And he made Marvel, you know, when we did Captain America, A Winter Soldier, Marvel wasn't really a big deal. No, at the time. wasn't you right? They had just done Iron Man. Yeah, I have watched this guy build this empire. You know, I mean, there's Marvel and now there's everybody else. Like Marvel rules Hollywood. Yeah. But whatever Marvel does, it's successful. And then there's everybody else. And uh, that's because of Kevin Feige. Again, a lot of smart people around him. But all the decisions this one guy made. And it's 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 fascinating. And just to, it's a long-winded answer, but... It's amazing to be part of. It's amazing to be part of the Marvel universe uh, as an actor. It, it all it does is help you. Yeah. Well, something I do want to mention to you is your series Fight World that you mentioned before. Like you said about going to Thailand and stuff like yeah. that. And I, I watched the I watched the Let Way episode, and I think them people who do Let Way yeah. are nuts. <laughs> Cuckoo, brother. I mean, I mean, absolutely nuts. I, I've never seen guys like they're they're headbutting your chin. So they co- they'll come in. They're not like straight on headbutts. So it's you know they call it the art of the nine yeah. limbs. You know, Muay Thai is the art of the eight limbs. This is the ninth. The ninth limb is your head, <laughs> right? And they'll they come down and they try to slice your jawline. I mean, that's and by, by the way, they don't have gloves on. It's just rope, isn't it? So these are the most. Yeah, yeah, it's rope. The craziest thing it's about bananas. that, <laughs> craziest <laughs> thing about that for me is they let people get knocked out, isn't it? They have two minutes to get back up and sort themselves out, and they can fight on. Yep, and and they let listen. So they let kids do it. So they let these fifteen-year-old kids do it, and and they have like hematomas, and there's no doctors, brother. <laughs> there's no doctors there. It's mm. like. They don't even want ice because they think putting ice thing is a sign of weakness. Wow. I'm not kidding. They're crazy. Uh, they are. They are crazy. <laughs> you're not wrong. Is there a story that stands out from that series, what you've done, what you can tell us, anything, like, anything what sticks out in particular from any of the places that you went to? You know, there's a bunch of stories. Um, um, I, think, I think really what what – the story that really changed my DNA as a human being was when I went to Israel Yeah, and I had never been to Israel. And, and my experience with Jewish people is from New York. I have many Jewish friends and, and business associates, but they're, you know, they're American Jewish people. They're American Jews or New York Jewish people. And it's a different animal. And when I went to Israel and I realized this is a little piece of dirt that is surrounded by 23 or 25 hostile nations and how they live their life as they are warriors in life. Uh, You know, there are warriors that are in a cage like yourself and these people are warriors every single day. They're all in the army at the age of 18, um, but they are surrounded. They are surrounded by people who don't want them to exist. And and when you when I was there, I was tr- I, 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 I was treated with such great dignity and respect and and uh, no prejudice. And, and they were just beautiful, tough people. And I, I, I just it changed the way I, I understood what Israel and, and what these people are all about. And, and, it, and it, I was so I'm going to bring my kids there because everybody should make a trek. To, and I know there's. The politics of Palestine and Israel, I didn't, I didn't get involved in, I don't try not to get involved in the politics of anything. Uh, I mean, unless it's, it's brutal, but this is something that is, it's not my business. Um, I just thought Israel was, 
the most amazing people. I, I, you know, and that's, that's, that's why you travel yeah. to learn about all the cultures and to bring that home. And it's a, so it changes, you know, it made, it made me a better person. Yeah. Well, that fight world, that people, that's on Netflix now. So get over and give it a watch. It's Belter series. Yeah. It's on Netflix, isn't it? But we're on to the, that, that was amazing. Thanks, Frank. But we're on to, I have a segment at the end. I put, put questions out for people to say, ask, ask party segments, but obviously most of the questions are for you. So let's get right into it. First question from John yeah. Toscano. Question for Frank. What part of Calabria is his family from? And has he visited Naples? Also being from the Bronx, who's his favourite New York Yankee of all time? <laughs> <laughs> favourite New York Yankees, Joe DiMaggio. Um... Uh, I was just in Naples because I was at the Rome Film Festival. So I took my eldest son to Naples and my father and his family are from a small village in Calabria called Plati. And uh, I've been there. I've been there as well. And, and uh, I'm also an Italian citizen. So um, as I've gotten older, I, I probably will wind up living in Italy, at least part time. Yeah, lovely. It's it's yeah. a fight well question as well. Great stuff. Uh, from Michael Nitty. On your Netflix series, Fight World, which part of the world, in your opinion, was the most immersed in martial arts culture? Um, I think I think Thailand is so steeped in Muay Thai. Yeah. Um uh, you know, I just, it's just such part of their their zeitgeist. Everybody, uh, but you know, when I was in Brazil, uh, and Brazil, we didn't get to show that episode because there was a problem in Brazil, and Netflix wouldn't let us show it. But uh, also, jujitsu in Brazil, uh, you know, martial arts and jujitsu and capoeira is again so deep into the culture. Yeah, well, I've I've never been to Brazil, so I couldn't comment on that. But I know exactly what you mean with Thailand. Like, it's just the culture is just Muay Thai. You know yeah. what I mean? There's kids fighting Muay Thai from like four, yep. five, six years of age. It's it's crazy. All of them. All of them. Uh, next one. Go to Brazil though, Paddy. Go to- oh, I want to go to Brazil. Go to Brazil. Yeah, I want to go to Brazil, definitely. Like, yeah. one of my favourite movies of all time Great. is City of God. Yeah. So I'd love to just have a little look through a favela. Oh. Brilliant movie. Love it. Yeah, I trained in the favela. Yeah, I trained up there. I trained up there with Jose Aldo and and uh, in his camp, Day Day, his his coach. It was amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, next question. Yeah. Uh, Justin Carrero, huge fan. Frank, first off, I just wanted to say I love I love the show you did called Kingdom. My question is, would Frank ever make a season four? There's a good one. Yeah, you know, we talked about doing a season four or or a movie. Uh, for for uh, for Netflix, and uh, you know the problem is we're all just so scattered. Um, but but you know it's 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 a it's a poss- it is a possibility. It really yeah. is. I hope we see that in the future. That'd yeah. be nice to see. Here's another Kingdom question. This one's I've just looked at it and it's just made me laugh. Chris Morton asks during the film of the Kingdom, did you ever want to just level that Jonas brother? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, Nick is one of the sweetest, gentle, nice kids I've ever met in my life. And I kind of took him under my wing. It was like his first acting job. But a couple of times, me and um, me and the kid who played Ryan Wheeler, um, my, my buddy Matt, uh, we almost went at it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> that, just, yeah. that just happens in yeah. the gym. And, you know, we were... We, you know, Joe Daddy Stevenson was the was the fight coordinator. I had Juan Archuleta there all the time. Um, I don't know if you know who Juan is. He fights uh, at Bellator. Um, and uh, I had a bunch of fighters in the gym. So there was an energy on the set all the time. People were, you know, were kind of getting into scuffles a lot on Kingdom. It was real. Yeah, that's what it's like. I always say that. Just think of the amount of testosterone in the gym. Know what I mean? It's, someone's always going to have a little back and forth. Yep. Or, or what, what are you saying there? Know what I mean? It's just standard. Yep. We had it. It was great. It made the show better. Uh, two, well, there's two more questions here and then I've got a personal question for you, Frank. From No, like from me. Not a personal question, okay. just a question of me. 
but I don't even know how to say this name here. Okay. Ch- Chonky Chons. <laughs> what was the worst injury during your career in filmmaking? I think that's a good question because I've heard of a lot of a lot of people who do their own stunts have had a lot of injuries. So the worst injury I've ever had? Uh, yeah, like with filmmaking, no, not with like jujitsu and boxing and stuff. With filmmaking, with filming, um, the the worst, uh, the worst, probably the worst injury. And and by the way, it's the job of my stunt man, my stunt double, and the whole stunt team to keep the actors safe. Yeah. So I have to be honest with you, it's a rarity when people get hurt. It really is rare because the stuntmen are so amazing and women and, uh, you know, everything is, is planned out. But the worst thing that ever happened to me was I, um, I was running down a set of stairs. It was doing the purge. Remember, you know, the, yeah, movies, the, the purge. purge. Yeah. 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 And the banister, as my hand was going down the banister, my two fingers got caught and it ripped my fingers out and they both, you can see my fingers still, you see that finger? Yeah. I never got it fixed. You see my, it sticks oh, all the way yeah, out. That's rough. It's all broken. My hand was dangling. And so the tendons were, everything was, was a mess. And I, I, I didn't get it fixed cause I'm an idiot, <laughs> but for about six months I couldn't, I couldn't move my hand. I couldn't bend my, yeah. So that's, that's probably the worst thing that's ever happened. I, I always say like fingers, toes are some of the worst things you can hurt. Oh. Like banging your toes and like when your toe bends backwards or pops out of place or one of your fingers, it's like the worst possible pain. And it's such a little niggly thing. It's the worst. Yep. And then you wind up, you know, like my, like look at my fingers. Like my hands are all been broken, right? That pinky's been I never fix them. So, you you know, they, they never heal. It's so it's hard to even clinch my fists. <laughs> uh, next one is from Josh. How much did he practice using a samurai sword for his role in boss level? Oh, I practiced, I practiced a lot. I, you know, we had, an, we had a sword expert on set and uh, I did, a, I did a lot of sword. Tra- I love that stuff. I did a lot of sword training. And, uh, and then I, you know, I had the great Michelle, yo, she's a, she's a master martial artist and sword fighter. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we put some time into that. Yeah. yeah that's good my coach had loved that because my coach has all sorts of knives and swords and stuff. He's always loved it since he was a young kid. So my coach had loved that, Paul. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. There's a few, like there's a samurai sword and like another, a big show sword in the gym. What's not sharp, but it's about that thick and go, you know what I mean? And it's shaped. Right. Know what I mean? Paul loves all stuff like that. Yeah, you know they say they say like boxing comes from fencing. Yeah, Fen- it, it evolved from fencing. A lot of the movements are are very similar. The way you move your body and stuff. And uh, I don't. I never really looked into it to see if it's true. But as I was learning swords, I really being being having trained in boxing so much really helped me quickly adapt yeah. with, with the swords. It helped you get fluid yeah. faster. Just like being in the rhythm throwing yeah. punches. Yeah. Yep. It's, listen, it's all about rhythm, yeah. right? It's all about rhythm. Well, yeah. Last question, Frank, and this is, this is from me, this one. This is my question. Do you have any advice for me when I get into Hollywood? Because I'm going to get into Hollywood. You don't even know it. You're already in Hollywood. Um, you are Hollywood. And I'll t- I will give you a piece of advice. I'll give you a piece of advice. Maintain the exact thing that has propelled you to the top of, of your career, which is your personality. It, it, I, I want to watch Patty all the time. I want to watch what you're going to say, what you're going to do. Um, I listen to everything you say because you're so interesting. Maintain that guy. Don't let anybody change that. And uh, and I know that if if I if I stay on the earth long enough, you and I are going to be doing a movie on the same stage. I, I guarantee. Definitely, you. I can't wait for that, Frank. That's that's happening. 
We're putting that in now. <laughs> That's happening by 2030, 100%. We're going to do that, a movie together. That's yes. happening. But this has been a brilliant episode. I can't thank you enough, Frank, to be honest. This has been amazing. But obviously, tell everyone where to find yourself, like your social media, your, your upcoming film, stuff like that. Let everyone know where to find you. Yeah, I'm... I- I'm only on Instagram, Frank Grillo one. Um, and, and, uh, I, you know, I, I love talking to fans and friends alike. And, uh, so, so come on and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you'll watch Lamborghini comes out November 18th, uh, in select theaters and in, uh, streaming. So, uh, so, so that's it. That's my plug. That's my plug. <laughs> and if you're in LA, if you're in LA, come to uh, village pizza in Larchmont village, um, in the Hancock Park area of Hollywood and uh, you tell him Frank sent you and um, maybe you get a break. I, I know I'll be back in LA. I will. I'll be back in LA in the in the new year, definitely. So I, I'm I'm going to... You come... You, I'll you, be there, 100%. I'll be there and I'll be with me vlog team. We'll get down yeah. and we'll eat some pizzas. But as I say, once again, thank you very much for coming great. on, Frank. This has been brilliant. Uh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, brother. There we go, people. Thank you, man. There's another episode in the books. Uh, you know the script by now. Like, comment, subscribe. It's on all, It's on um, Apple Music. It's on Spotify. I've told you it all. Get on the Apex website for Baddie merch. That's it. That's another episode of Chat and Pony. See you after.